This is the Beaver Tales Podcast, where I talk with former Oregon State student-athletes and coaches about their time at OSU, where they've gone since then, and the life lessons learned along the way. I'm your host, producer, researcher, and interrogator, Josh Warden. Yeah, that's a really good question, Josh. Really good question. Good question. I've actually never had that question asked to me. Yeah, good question. That's a good question. I almost forgot that happened. I'm amazed by your level of research. That's a fun question. You know, that's one of the best questions that I've ever been asked right there. Yeah, that is a good question. You're bringing some great questions in this session right here. Just awesome job on your part. This is the Beaver Tales Podcast with Josh Wharton, who has covered Oregon State athletics since 2013. Welcome back to the Beaver Tales Podcast, everybody. Thanks for joining me. I've got a really fun guest today, an Oregon State football player from the early part of the 2010s, Oboom Guachem. A tremendous story, even if you only know his OSU journey, that was already an interesting one. He came in as a wide receiver, a really tremendous athlete. He also competed on the track team. He high jumped over seven feet, nearly seven feet, two inches. He was a wide receiver at first, got a decent amount of playing time his first few years, didn't play a ton through the 2013 season, switched to defensive end for his final year in 2014, and all of a sudden became this tremendous defensive lineman and was one of the team leaders in sacks that year, made 27 tackles, and has gone on to a professional football career that is still going to this day. He's played in the NFL for multiple different teams, originally drafted in the sixth round by the Seattle Seahawks. He has played for the Saints, the Cardinals, the Jets, and the Colts, mostly just practice squad stuff, training camp, that sort of thing. He's also played in the AAFL and the XFL, both leagues which are now defunct, and he just recently signed with the BC Lions up in the Canadian Football League, and so he's hoping that season happens and will continue his pro football career north of the border. He's also got a tremendous story outside of football. Immigrated to America when he was seven years old, did not play football until high school, is originally from Nigeria, and just a really fun guy. When I texted him today, he said, yeah, I'd love to come on the podcast. When's good for you? How about today? And so we just hopped on the phone right then, like just a few minutes after I had texted him, and uh, now you're listening to this. If, if you're listening to this on the day I uploaded it, well, it's still today, April 5th, or whenever you're listening, glad that you're joining me on the Beaver Tales podcast. Here is Oboom Guachim, former Oregon State wide receiver, defensive end, pro football player, and a lot more. Oboom, how you doing today? I'm good, man. Josh, thank you for having me. No, my pleasure, Oboom. Uh, we'll kind of go back chronologically to the beginning, but let's just get a snapshot of what life looks like now. Just kind of get that feel for it, and then we'll come back. So tell me kind of what's going on day-to-day in the life of Oboom Guachem. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, for me, as far as day-to-day, it's, uh, you know, I'm up around uh, 7 o'clock in the morning, and I go, I'm currently in Arizona to begin with, but I... Um, I go to one of my favorite training facilities in the country, uh, Exos, just out here um, in Phoenix. Um, I'm there for about three hours working out, training with uh, a couple of other guys that are, you know, the NFL, CFL, um, all pretty much, you know, trying to get in the best shape that we can and, you know, getting ready for the season to start. But um, I've been working towards that. I recently signed a contract with the BC Lions to head up to uh, – to the CFL um, May 13th. That's the day that I'll be I'll be heading up there. But um, I've pretty much been trying to keep my body in the best shape possible for for a season. And you know, 
you know, we've been in talks with the uh, coaches and other players to see if there will even be a season. And right now, they're gearing up for one, but, you know, with everything that happened with the pandemic, you can really never be too sure how things are going to go. So, um, you know, I'm I'm hoping and I'm, uh, I'm uh, you know, I'm praying that there will be a season because, you know, I feel like I've been working really, really hard to, you know, get my body in the, in the best shape that I can um, to go out there and do what I love. So, um, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only one that can say that. I know there's, you know, there's countless uh, people here working towards the same thing. And, um, you know, that's kind of where life is taking me right now. That's really fun to see, and, and we'll kind of recap some of your professional stuff that you've done. Uh, I'm curious, just in terms of your own game and, and your skill set now, for, for let's say Oregon State fans who are listening to this podcast, if they're kind of you know somewhat casual OSU fans, but they let's say they've been watching OSU football over the last decade and they remember watching you, they would probably remember, oh yeah, that really athletic wide receiver who switched to defensive end and got a whole bunch of sacks, who's pretty good, and yeah, what happened to that guy? What's, what's he looking like now? So tell me what's different about your game like your skill set how are you different as a player now than when you finished out in 2014 uh, that's, a, that's a great question I think um you know back when I was uh you know back in 2014 you know with coach Joe you know he taught me you know he, he kept the game really really simple for me and um and I thought for me especially changing from you know offensive to defensive I thought you know, for me at the time, that's exactly what I needed, and it helped. And I'd say the boom that you are talking to today, I think um, there was a point where, you know, once I was with the with these Jets and with the Saints, I felt like I tried to take on more than I should, and I've kind of reverted back to making the game as simple as possible. When you go into a game, especially as a pass rusher, you don't need to you don't need to hit an offensive tackle with, um, with you know, 30 different moves. You can come in with, you know, three different moves. But, you know, as for me, my advantage was, you know, trying to be quick off the ball and using my speed. I felt like in college and early on in my professional career, that's what I did, and that's what threatened a lot of uh, offensive tackles. And, you know, as I got a little older, I felt like I could do other things and change my game, but, you know, that wasn't who I was. And so I've slowly reverted back to what really works. And that's um, going back to being, you know, the, the fast guy off the ball that can use the speed. And eventually um, it opens up other moves for me. You know, I can't come into a game and try to um, to use a spin move on an offensive tackle right away. That That's not me. And that's why, you know, little things like that didn't work. So um, the Ubuntu that you are talking to now, he's learned to make the game um, a lot more simple because, again, for my position, it's um, it's not a tough position to play, but I think um, what hurts people is when they try to overcomplicate it. And I felt like, for me, I overcomplicated the position, and that's what, uh, what's what hurt me a little bit there. But, you know, I've gone back to what works, and, you know, I, I've, uh, I think I've found my, my sauce again. I, I like to hear that, finding the sauce. Now, I usually ask for – for players who have gone on to professional career, I'll ask, what's the most different thing about you 
as an athlete and then and then what's the most different thing about you as a person i'll, I'll go further into that but i'm going to save that one more towards the end because i want to take you through what has happened kind of the more nuts and bolts of your story and then we'll come come through to how that changed you as a person uh, let's start at the beginning you didn't come to Corvallis until college. You didn't even come to America for, for early on. I think it yeah. was, what, seven years old when you came to America? T- tell me about that journey to even come to the U.S. and your kind of memories of growing up in Nigeria. Yeah, um, you know, we had, a, we had a great life in Nigeria. And again, at the time when I was younger, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know otherwise. But, um, you know, my mom and dad, they, they worked really hard to raise five kids. And, you know, something that I think that they're probably more proud of than anything else is the fact that, you know, they, they, they have five kids that all went through college and they're all, um, you know, doing fairly well and are outstanding citizens in, you know, in this U.S. Uh, in this U.S. Uh, uh, environment. And so, um, you know, when I moved to the United States at seven, it was really due to the fact that our mom won a visa lottery. And my mom is, um, you know, she is one of the, you know, she's a God-fearing woman, and, you know, we are all Jesus believers. We're all, you know, we're all believers, and that's one thing that she's made sure that all her kids um, learn to do. You learn to put God first, and everything else will take care of itself. Um, She's a prayer warrior. She continues to pray for me, um, even when things are good and when things are bad. And, um, you know, she believes that, you know, the reason that we're here today is because, um, because, you know, God wants us to be here. And, you know, I don't know if a lot of your listeners are believers or not, but um, for me, that's kind of what um, what I've, uh, that's the reason why I'm truly where I am today. And, you know, it's because my mom, it's because of God. It, 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 and, you know, those, those things that have helped shape me into who I am and, you know, who my other siblings are and who my family is. We're all, um, we're all tough. We all believe. And, I think because of that, that's why we're able to move from, you know, Nigeria to the U.S. because my mom wanted, you know, all her kids to to truly be the best that they could. And I think that would have been hard to do in Nigeria. But, you know, moving to the U.S. is certainly more uh, more chances for us to do the things that we truly want to do. Like, you know, my oldest sister, she um, she's an operator with Chick-fil-A. She's been doing that for a couple of years now. She, you know, she loves her job. She's providing opportunities for a lot of young kids my brother he's a doctor currently in orlando right now you know my uh, my middle sister you know graduated from college she was a track athlete um and now she's currently married living in um in texas with her husband i have another younger sister who's also a track athlete and now you know she's she's studying to become a lawyer so you know these are all things that um you know my mom um sacrificed in order for us to have. And, you know, I'm, I'm very, very thankful that, uh, that she's the woman that she is. Uh, that's an awesome story. So you moved to America when you're seven. You've been in America basically ever since. But I'm curious how much of your roots stayed with you ever since the Nigerian culture? Do you still, do you speak yeah. Igbo? Do you listen to Nigerian musicians, that sort of thing? Oh yeah, yeah. The Nigerian music. That's you know, I um you know, I had the, the I was thankful enough to go home last Thanksgiving. I took my girlfriend with me and um, you know, while we were there, I think all we listened to was Nigerian music. You know, if you if you ever come into our household, uh, you know, just about any Saturday, almost any day to be honest, you know, you're gonna see my mom, my sisters, my brothers, 
They're all going to have a Nigerian music playing. There's going to be Nigerian food being made. And, you know, there's just a lot of joy, a lot of celebrating because, you know, we have this life and, you know, we think it's certainly worth celebrating. <laughs> so, um, you know, the, the culture, it's definitely not going anywhere. I was, um, you know, fortunately when my sister got married, she had her traditional marriage in Nigeria. I was unable to go to that because I was playing football at the time. But my oldest sister, she's going to have her wedding um, in Nigeria next uh, next January, well, in 2020, 2022, in January. My hope is to be able to go back because I haven't been back since I left when I was seven. And, you know, we have a ton of uncles, aunties, cousins um, out there currently. You know, my grandma, she visits a lot. My mom visits a lot. Um, you know, my I think I'm the only sibling, actually, that has yet to go back um and I know that today's day, my mom, she uh, she doesn't like that. <laughs> but you know, I do plan on I do plan on going back and seeing everyone because she, you know, she never wants us to forget where we came from, and and um, I think I think that's very important. So once you came to America, you you go to Chino Hills and you start playing football your freshman year, and I think it was maybe the very next year where you break break your collarbone and you miss that year, so you didn't actually play that much football. Um, I mean, you played the next couple of years and, and you got a lot of honors. Came to Oregon State. How did football kind of come into your life and shape you as you're getting your feet wet in America and making friends, going to school? I'm sure that was a wild transition. How did football kind of play into that for you socially and athletically and what it did to lead you to Oregon State? That's a, that's a good question. Um, so we had a, an older cousin, Akene Aguanu. He, um, he was kind of the one that I guess set the trend for us. He played basketball and football at Ayala High School, and um, you know because he did that, and we saw that you know he was able to earn a scholarship. My brother was like, "Well, you know, I I feel like we're pretty athletic too. We grew up with soccer. We were, um, you know, soccer kids. We all played soccer growing up. So that was really the first sport for me. And um, I remember watching my cousin play, and then my brother played." And, you know, I, I always told my mom, Mom, this is, you know, this is the sport I want to do. I love football. I love watching it. You know, we used to watch with our uncle. And, you know, I grew up a, a Colts fan back when, you know, Edgerton James, Marvin Harrison, uh, Reggie Wayne, when, I, when, I, when they had all of those guys. That was, you know, the first thing I really enjoyed watching. And, um, you know, we noticed that, again, my cousin was able to, you know, get an opportunity to go to, to a, go to a college because of it. So my brother, he pretty much started doing the same thing. He started working. He, he started playing football pretty late too. He started, I believe his, um, either late freshman or sophomore year. And he did that in track and he excelled at it. I remember watching him as well. And I had a, a cousin that's older than me that started playing pretty young too. But at the time, my mom was a little nervous about me playing because I was uh, I looked pretty I looked pretty frail growing up. I was as tall, skinny. You know, I looked like one of those kids that if you if you hit, you know, I might break every bone in my body. And so she was nervous about that, and um, that's why I ended up doing flag football for about a year and a half, two years. And then she said, you know what, you know, when you get to high school, then I'll allow you to play. So I knew, you know, I knew how the game worked. I understood it. And so um, once I got into uh, Ayala High School my freshman year, 
I was, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to be with a group of guys that, you know, kind of had the same mindset I had. I think they all knew, hey, you know, I'm playing this sport because, you know, I want to, I want to make a living out of this someday, and I'd love to go to college. I'd love to have it take me to, you know, these different places. And so, um, you know, my freshman year, I remember this guy, David Chiroga. You know, he ended up going to New Mexico State. Another friend of mine, Devin Jackson, he was a New Mexico State guy. Currently lives out here in, in Arizona, actually. And, um, you know, we had another guy, Lawrence Larry. These are all, you know, a lot of my friends that I remember playing with. And, you know, we had a, a pretty solid uh, freshman year team. Did really well. Um, sophomore year, I played JV and varsity. And I think I was actually the, way, the year that, you know, my coach knew that, okay, this kid, can he can really, really ball. And then junior year was the year that I, I broke my collarbone. And then senior year, came back and, um, you know, made enough plays to, to get recruited from a couple schools. And, um, you know, <laughs> to this day, my first offer was Idaho State. I remember when they called and they, uh, they said, you know, we'd like to give you a scholarship. I was, you know, I remember thinking, wow, you know, all my hard work has finally paid off. And, you know, now I know that, you know, I won't have to put my parents through this financial burden to, to pay for my college. I can, I can go somewhere and, you know, make something of myself. And, and after they called, I remember uh, Montana State called. And that was the first place that I actually took a visit to. You know, I, I'm a kid that grew up in Southern California. I, I love the warm, the warm weather. And I remember taking a visit out there. And, you know, one thing I remember was, you know, I lost service on my phone. I couldn't have, I didn't have service the whole weekend. So it was tough to call home and, and, you know, let my parents know how the visit was going. I remember it was freezing cold. I, I still had a good time there, but I didn't really get to see a lot of the school. And, you know, I, I didn't get that feel of, you know, me really belonging in that environment. It's no, no diss to Montana State. You know, that's a great program. They, they had great, a great group of guys to show me, uh, you know, the ropes there. And, um, you know, shortly after I remember, um, Oregon state then calling up and saying, you know, we'd like to, to come out. You know, I landed in Portland. I remember Gary Beck picked me up from the airport with a few other guys that trip. Um, the second I got to campus and I met coach Riley and I started talking to him, I was like, wow, this guy is a, this is a guy that I'll go to war for, you know, just having that conversation with him. Um, you know, it was almost like talking to someone that was like your dad or your grandpa, someone that, you know, you never wanted to um, disappoint, someone that you wanted to make proud of you. And so, um, you know, right then and there, I knew this was the place I was going to go. Especially being around, you know, James and Quiz, they were, James was my host when I got in and, you know, uh, what hasn't been said about him already? <laughs> and um, and uh, I remember committing then to letting them know this is the place I was going to go. And you know, after doing that, I told my mom, told my dad, told my brother, my sisters, uh, my cousins, everyone. And you know, I just remember how um, happy everyone was. But again, it all stems from you know my oldest cousin, McKenna. Um, he pretty much kind of set that tone for us and. Um, we knew that, you know, we're an athletic, we're, we're athletes. We can all become athletes and, you know, we worked as, as well, you know, just because of the, the gifts that God gives me. Sometimes I might not be committed to 
it can take you places, but you know, you gotta you gotta put in a little bit of work on your own. And you know, today's day it's funny. I remember going to this was a Yala High School when they before they turfed the stadium. I remember our cousin used to take us in there Saturday in the morning, and he'd have us running drills. You know, it was early in the morning, and I just remember thinking, "Wow, this is hard." You know, but I, I had to keep in mind, you know, it's going to be tough now, but. Um, you know, hopefully it'll make things easier in the long run. That's a really fun stretch there. I'm glad you brought up Mike Riley and just being able to, to play for him, the memories there, and the, the Indianapolis Colts thing. That was my favorite era. I grew up a Colts fan, and the, the Dwight Freeney, Edger and James, Marvin yeah. Harrison, <laughs> Reggie Reggie Wayne, uh, Bob Sanders. Bob yes. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Gary Brackett. I mean, just those that yeah. era was uh, a lot of fun. And then you got to sign with the Colts. I know it was short-lived, but to, to be on the Colts roster for a little while in 2019, uh, I'm sure that was a lot of fun. Let's talk in your professional career a little bit um, from going from the Seahawks and the Cardinals and the Jets and the Saints. You go to the a- AFL, the XFL, now the CFL. I mean, there is basically no football league that you have not played in. Uh, so just going through all the leagues, basically. Take me through you know, how, how fun that's been, how hard that's been. I'm sure there's been you know both to bounce around, but to have the opportunity. What has that been like to, to be – kind of a veteran now amongst so many different teams and a lot of people that I'm sure you've been impacted by and impact them. What kind of stands out to you of what this professional football experience has been like? Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's certainly been unusual. You're right about, you know, being in so many leagues, but, you know, I remember, you know, to this day, I still remember getting the call from the Seahawks, you know, them telling me that that I was going to be drafted and, you know, again, seeing all the hard work and everything that, you know, I went through probably paying off was, was really, really cool for, you know, mainly for my family, my mom, my dad, just seeing, you know, the, the looks on their faces when it happened. Um, you know, I remember, you know, stepping foot at the Seahawks uh, facility and, you know, being in the same room with uh, Mike Bennett, Cliff Averill, um you know, all those guys. And, you know, I, it's funny. I have this story about about Mike Bennett. He's, you know, he's one of the funniest, most interesting guys I've certainly ever been around. I remember, um, you know, I came in with Frank Clark. He was my roommate over there. And, you know, I remember Mike telling us that he wanted us to grab these European chocolates for, or European cookies for him. And, um, you know, I remember going to the store. I think it was Whole Foods with, Frank, and we're trying to find these cookies that, you know, Mike wants. And, you know, Frank finds something that looks like what he wants. I mean, it, it was expensive enough. We grabbed it. We took it into the meeting. And, um, you know, Mike Bennett walks in, sees the cookies, and he's like, this is not what I wanted. He grabs it and throws it into the trash. <laughs> and I just remember thinking, wow, this is, hey, this, this NFL thing is different. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, looking back now, I know that Mike was, he's one of those guys that um, I think he he was trying to be like a mentor. You know, he didn't want us to come in um, on too much of a high horse. I think he was, you know, the guy that was going to humble humble you no matter where you went. And, you know, I appreciate him for that because, you know, after that, I, uh, I then ended up uh, going to the Seahawks where I was there with, you know, Cam Jordan, one of the best pass rushers the NFL has ever seen. And, you know, it, it's funny because coming in, I thought Cam would be, you know, kind of the same way. But, um, you know, taking what I've learned from Seattle, I just 
learned, you know, you can't go into a room and expect to be the man. You know, you've got to, you got to earn your stripes. And, you know, I, I came in, you know, very level-headed. And, you know, Cam and I we were able to grow a friendship. And you know, I was able to grow a friendship with everybody else in that room. You know, Kasim Adabali, um, Sheldon Rankins ended up coming in later. But, um, you know, the guys that I was there with, I, I, I had a blast with them. You know, we were kind of a young young D-line group, and Cam was the leader there, but, you know, I we t- learned a ton from him. Um, and then shortly after that, uh, well, a couple years after that, that's when I ended up go- coming to um, Arizona for a little bit after the Saints released me. And, you know, now I'm in a room with Chandler Jones. So, you know, going from one uh, one elite pass rusher to another, you know, that was, that was really, really cool for me. You know, I tried to learn as much as I could watching these guys and, you know, uh, quick, quick break. You know, it's funny when I was here with uh, with Chandler. When I was in Arizona with Chandler, I was only on the team for um, three weeks before getting claimed by the Jets. But you know, now that I'm working out, you know, Chandler is one of my workout partners, and I can actually. Someone actually just sent me this picture of it with that we took a little while ago. I'm gonna send it to you right now. But you know, it's just funny seeing, you know, where life is taking me and. You know, seeing all these people that I interact with and, you know, everyone just, you know, people kind of keep coming back. And, you know, Cam Jordan, he lives out here in Arizona as well, too. Um, and, uh, you know, spent the time, uh, spent a little bit of time in Arizona before getting claimed. Ended up with the Jets where I was there with, um, you know, David Bass, uh, Jordan Jenkins, um, Josh Martin. I was there with, uh, with, you know, guys that were, they were a lot younger. It was probably the youngest group of uh, outside linebackers that I've ever been with, but all super talented. And, you know, those are a group of hungry, hungry guys. And so I appreciate the time that I still have with them. You know, unfortunately, um, you know, my time there didn't last as long as I would have wanted it to. But, you know, those are guys that I still am fortunate enough to contact with even today. And then, um, and after the time with the Jets, uh, you know, worked out for a lot of other teams and, you know, eventually spent, uh, I ended up going to the AAF. We did that for, uh, for a season before, you know, I think we all know the story with that before you eventually, um, you know, we could head and flock and then um, spent time with Indy. And now I'm in a group with, uh, you know, Danico Autry, uh, Justin Houston. And uh, I mean, you know, again, just elite guys that I try to, you know, I try to watch them. I try to pick their brains, you know, as much as I can. And at this time, you know, I'm, I'm I feel like I'm a fan. I feel like I can, you know, have serious conversations with them as well. And, um, you know, I feel intimidated by anyone. And so, um, you know, my time there, unfortunately, didn't last as long as I would have liked it to. But, you know, one thing I tell my trainers to this day was, you know, it's one of my best training camps that I've had anywhere. And, I think because you know they had a they had a, a a couple early draft picks, it would have been tough to beat those guys because you know the these are you know second round picks that they that they they're invested in. And for me to come in there as a as another guy, you know, no matter how well I did in the preseason, you know, I just didn't think um, they were going to end up taking me. And again, thinking that another team would claim me. It didn't happen, you know, even though my numbers in the in the preseason were pretty good. Um, and then, you know, it led to 
my time in the XFL, which unfortunately I was plagued by an injury and I ended up only playing really two games. But, you know, I felt like my first game back, I was pretty dominant where I was able to pick up a, a ton of tackles, a sack, and, um, you know, I felt really good about where things were going to go with this league. And then the next game, kind of the same thing, you know, played really well, had a ton of tackles. And, you know, shortly after, that's when, um, you know, everything with the pandemic began. And, you know, I just remember being in that locker room in Tampa. This was with the Tampa Bay Vipers. I remember being in the locker room talking to guys. And, um, you know, I remember <laughs> I remember one of my friends on the team said, hey, this thing going on with the, with the, with coronavirus is it, very serious. And at the time, I... This is very, very early on. I said, no, nah, I, I, I didn't believe that it was going to really affect us like it, like it did. And, um, you know, shortly after, I remember them saying, hey, uh, you know, I think it was a basketball team that ended up having to call their game. And then um, baseball. And, um, and then, you know, we got wind that, hey, uh, our game got canceled for the week. And, you know, we just finished practice. We had our bags packed and we were planning on heading to St. Louis. I, uh, I think St. Louis was either coming to us or we were going to go there. I can't remember, but, um, but um, you know, I remember them saying, yeah, the game isn't going to happen anymore. And then shortly after, they pretty much said, well, we're, you know, we're calling things for the season. So, you know, we got to pack everything up and, you know, we're sending you guys all out of here to get home and, you know, be with your families and, you know, it was it was very unfortunate because I felt like, you know, I was just getting ready to get going again, and um, you know, for that to get taken from from us, and you know, who I, you know, I keep saying the people that I felt, you know, the ones I felt really bad for were the really young guys that just came out of college, and you know, this was their one opportunity, and um, you know, it, it's tough because I feel for them. I feel like there were a lot of talented. That, there was a ton of talented group of men that probably will not get a chance to play again because um, because of you know the pandemic and what happened and you know I do feel for them I feel for their families but you know you just got to believe that there's uh, there's a plan for them out there but yeah that's you know that I, I try to hit a little bit of uh, of some time between each team that I that I spent with there but that's been a couple leagues. It's been three leagues, and uh, and soon to be four. Um, but uh, but I'm having fun with this. I'm, I'm truly enjoying myself. You know, I'm enjoying the people that I'm. You know, that I'm blessed to to meet and uh, have these uh, moments with as well throughout all this process. Yeah, so many so many good stops, man. I think this is your eighth team now going to the BC Lions. So while while I'm sure it would have been easier to you know sign with one team, stay with the Seahawks for nine years, and just play for one organization, the silver lining there is, I mean, all the names that you've brought up from going one team to the other in different league. I mean, you've crossed paths with so many people that you wouldn't have otherwise met. And uh, yeah. I just got the photo you texted me. That's awesome. I I can tweet this out when I post a link to the to the uh, podcast when I upload it. I, I have one question. What tricep exercises are you doing? Your triceps are enormous. Man, listen, <laughs> I, I, it's really just the, the exos workouts. I don't do anything else outside of my own. It's really just what they have me, uh, what they have me doing. I don't, I don't need to do uh, any more than that, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky and I'm thankful for, for what God has blessed me with. But, uh, 
but yeah. You, you look great. You look in great shape. Hey, a couple last things for you, Oboom. Um, you know, I mentioned I kind of wanted to ask of, of how that all impacted you through your whole professional career and how you've become, I'm sure, at least somewhat of a different person than you were when you left Oregon State six years ago or so. And I kind of want to combine that with also asking not just what's different about you now compared to the past, but what's different about you going forward. Because at some point, football will end. I hope it's years down the road and you play as many years as you want to and you come back to the NFL, get an opportunity there. But however long down the road that is, you, you will have no more football and you have to look to something else mm-hmm. to, to fill that void. And so based on the experiences you've already had in professional football, who will Obum Guacham be whenever football is done? You know, that's one of the best questions that I've ever been asked right there. Um, I know for sure that, um, you know, athletics is such a huge part of my life. And, um, you know, what I would love to do in the future, I would hope it would, um, you know, I can't really say too much, but I'm hoping that it will include me um, doing something that will help other athletes, whether that's, um, you know, something within the apparel industry or, you know, something within the, the, uh, the uh, physical uh, side of it. It's going to be something that will uh, have athletics within it. That I do know for sure. That's awesome. That, that's fun to hear. All right, let's close up with a fun question. We, we started talking about Nigeria a little bit. I want a, a recommendation from you. If there's any like musical artist or something, I'll, I'll throw one out there. One of my favorite musicians, this artist named Wande, she's from Nigeria. Do you have a, do you have a recommendation that you can throw out there? Any of the listeners who want a taste of Nigerian music or a food, if, if you can get something in Corvallis, I don't know if there is, you know, what, what would you get? You know, some, some recommendation, give something that, that, that the listeners can, uh, get a get a piece of Nigerian culture. So, so you probably won't um, you probably won't get a lot of Nigerian foods out there in, uh, in Corvallis, <laughs> unfortunately. But um, but the uh, you know the artist that I think is worth listening to you know my my even my parents my sisters they love him Davido. If you really just um, you know type his name D A V I D O. Okay. If you type his name in. Um, on really any any uh, you know whether it's Apple Music or Spotify, just start playing some of his hits, and I'm gonna tell you right now, he's hard not to like. <laughs> he's certainly a, a good one worth listening to. That's great. Well, Oboom, best of luck to you going up to Canada to play for the Lions and whatever else football and life has in store for you. Thanks for coming on the podcast. It's been a blast talking with you. Josh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate that. All right. I'll I'll upload this later today, in fact, and uh, give you a sh**. Well, you can tell Oboom Guachim is just an easy guy to talk to. You can tell he's just a very friendly guy and one of the more well-liked guys, I think, in Oregon State recent football history. So real glad to talk with Oboom. Hope you enjoyed that as well. I'll have a few more episodes come out before the the, uh, Dynasty in the Woods documentary series comes out at the end of this month. I'll probably take a pause on putting out these Where Are They Now conversations 
but you can listen to the Dynasty in the Woods podcast series covering Oregon State baseball, the 2018 National Championship in particular. That comes out starting April 28th, and on the 21st, you can actually uh, pay $20 to get early access to all the episodes if you just want to listen to it for free. Uh, they'll come out once a week for the next few months, um, and you can listen right on this podcast channel. That's Dynasty in the Woods, so look forward to that, the Beaver Baseball podcast documentary. I've been working on it for about a year, so it should be really good. Thanks for tuning in to the Beaver Tales podcast. Thanks again to Oboom for coming on, and hope you enjoyed it. My name's Josh Warden. Until next time, have a great week, everybody, and go Beavs!